do like the way a microphone smells. You are. I do like the way a microphone smells. <laughs> it's. <laughs> I don't know what it is. It's just. <laughs> You know, like when you just suddenly get a whiff of something, you go, I have absolutely nothing to say to that. <laughs> I don't know what it is. It's, it, for some reason, it brings. You know, when you smell something, you go, Oh, that takes me back. I don't know what it takes me back to. <laughs> I don't know what it is. It's. Um, I bet the evenings fly by for your wife. <laughs> Dick. I, I'm beginning to think why she bought the Now TV box. <laughs> You could just that. sit there and sniff. Yeah, yeah, that's not weird at all. I should have a Channel 5 documentary about me, shouldn't I? <laughs> the man who loves microphones a bit too much. Yeah. <laughs> Why do we get the feeling that it's it's like being arrested. Anything I say can be used against me at some point can in the future. Used, it will be. Yeah. It will be, undoubtedly. The undoubtedly. Undou- whatever. You're going to clip all these individual words out and put them <laughs> together in some kind of hostage demand or something like that. Uh, okay, so, um, yes, hello, welcome, and uh, this is episode eight of uh, Midlife Curiosity good night, Podcast. Huh? You're having a good sniff there. You're it's lovely. That. Um, so, we're, I think we've, we're pretty much ready to start the show after that mindless <laughs> ramble about the, uh, the scent. I haven't got a very good sense of smell, actually. Have you not? No. Generally, or just like Ge- at this time? I can smell certain smells, right? But other ones, not nothing at all. You know, like really bad smells. Nothing. People would be like, you know, vomiting. Nothing. Nothing. But yeah. That's like almost like a superpower. You could go into like the worst crime scene or the it's worst old people's home and go, <laughs> "This is lovely. This isn't it? We should move in." It's it's probably more like uh, brain damage or some sort. It's the kind of thing that if you googled it on the internet, you'd you. You'd be quite horrified, wouldn't you? Yeah, we, let's let's not just in case I, I'd never sleep again. Uh, right, so uh, let's, um, <laughs> after that mindless wandering banter, um, shall we start the show? Yes, we probably should. Let's start episode eight of Midlife Curiosity. Your choice is simple: join us and live in peace, or pursue your present course and face obliteration. Something is happening. It's all part of the plan. We ain't gonna stand for no weirdness out here. Welcome to Midlife Curiosity. Right, so here we are, episode eight. Hello, uh, my name's Andrew Green, and I'm here with my amazing, wonderful, delightful co-host... I was taken aback then. Uh, John Holt. Were you looking for somebody else? Yeah, I was, yeah. I'm looking around the room saying, who the hell's he got on this show? How are you, John? I'm good, I'm good. Good, good, good. Happy New Year to you. Yeah, same to you. So uh, we have, we kind of been um, publishing these shows out of order, well not out of order, but kind of, we've got a backlog, we've got a lot yeah. of, of bank shows that we, we did as we were kind of sort of finding our way with this. So this is actually our first one after the New Year, but this will probably only go out yeah, in, February. in a few weeks, yeah, a few weeks' time. We've been um, quite sensible about it, haven't we? We tried to do the decent thing and and go about the whole process logically and well, you I don't know. know if there's been any logic I think it's <laughs> for security purposes you know we've had to check our, our legal team every time just in case uh, so how are you you have a good Christmas yeah not too bad not too bad it's the same as you it's like all over the place busy, and busy. going yeah. around seeing family and stuff like survive this is think it that's... this is it and, and obviously we are professional magicians we're we kind of been dashing around here then everywhere doing doing shows and and whatnot so anything interesting happened to you over Christmas with the uh, with work 
I stepped in a puddle and ruined my shoes before a gig in Manchester. That's uh, right. That's the most exciting. At thing least it wasn't happened. snow. I hate it when it snows. Oh. It just ruins everything. So we were lucky this year. You know, we survived because we've spoken just before Christmas actually about snow and how, yeah. how it can ruin our, our December. But it was all fine and we we survived. I know. It, I keep forgetting. You know, when it, when we have a mild winter or something like that. I, you know. Uh, it, I struggle to remember the times when it's really bad because we were talking on the last show about, you know, gigs going down people's drives and sliding, oh, and yeah. I thought I was going to crash in somebody's house, and yeah. you know, you had to jump. You thought I'm going to have to bail out my I was car. Have to jump out the car. And this yeah. Christmas was pretty, pretty darn it did good. All right, yeah. It was, it was, it was busy. It, you know, what I found this year to kind of conserve my energy. Yeah. I kind of was conscious of conserving energy to get in between gigs because some days it was like multiple um, gigs, and it just. You know, keeping that level up yeah. because essentially you're working on adrenaline constantly, constantly yeah, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Performer mode. And yeah, and and what happens is after after you've done one gig, your adrenaline adrenaline drops. Yeah. But then your adrenal glands have to work even harder to get even get back to that level because you get lower and lower and lower. And then at the end of it, it's the same with anybody who's done like a, a, a theatre run or, or anything like that. Your adrenaline's going constantly. So when you get to the end of that run you generally get ill yeah, because your immune system just goes, oh, I've finished now. And that, that's it. You're, you're done your for. Your immune system takes January off, yeah, doesn't it? It's and stuff over, like that. Isn't it? So this year I kind of made a conscious effort of conserving that, making sure that I was getting vitamins and, you know, and yeah. you can't eat well in between gigs. It's, it's a nightmare, you know, but yeah. at least trying to keep your levels up. And, I think and that's the thing you don't expect. As a newbie performer, it's all about kind of getting the gigs and getting as many as you can and stuff like that. And, and the first time you kind of get that January cold or flu or anything, like that you, you, you're quite surprised and it, this it's something you learn through the process isn't it of doing it more and more and you th- you, you realize oh i've got to have to pay attention to this otherwise i'm gonna i can't keep eating cornish pasties on yeah. the way between games and stuff like that Just- against us pasties goes up in the december period <laughs> it's a horrible diet it's it is literally about surviving isn't it it's all yeah. right i've got so many gigs to do I hope my car survives hope i survive yeah. and just get to january and go right we survived. Absolutely. Everybody. And my car didn't survive this year. Did it not? No. Halfway through, my indicators went, so I had to then swap between my wife's car and a higher car whilst it was going to the garage and the logistics of getting to gigs and then leaving things in other cars. That are, so, yeah, it was, uh, it was interesting. You need, like, about 15 close-up cases, don't you? Like, for diff- a case for a different show and, like, have well, 15 yeah. of them. I did. Well, I've done that now. I've got a safety. I've got a safety <laughs> one, like an emergency case in my in my car because I did that. You've got over no Christmas. spare tire. You just got. I've got a pack <laughs> of cards. Literally <laughs> a pack deck. of cards. But it happened before a few weeks, like a couple of months before, and I didn't learn. I didn't even put a, a spare set in the car. But now I've got one. So like, no, that's staying there. It's going nowhere. So we survived. We survived. And we're here yep. for episode eight. So that's a good episode thing. Episode eight. Yes, to see what we've learned along the way. <laughs> I don't think I've actually learned anything. It's uh... no, it's it's it really is just a it's a marathon, isn't it? And um, yeah, and you know, I was I was still, I went to one venue just before Christmas actually, and uh, and I was talking to the the, the guys there, the, the organisers of the event there, and they were asking how busy I was, and I said I was like really this has been the busiest Christmas. And so I told him how many sort of shows I was doing over the Christmas period, and he went, oh, well, that's that's just like doing a normal job then, isn't it? And I thought, well. If you think about it in in that uh, those terms, and it, I suppose it is, people go to work every day, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Or sort of you know five days a week at least, and they do that all year, and we can have a sort of a scattering of of kind of shows most of the time. It just get busier, but I think whilst it is the same, 
the level of energy that you have to put in it's, to a, a gig is a lot higher than than walking between departments and maybe doing a few emails. Yeah. And I'm not saying that other people's jobs aren't on you know tiring and exhausting. Absolutely, absolutely, they are. But yeah. yeah, the energy that you have to keep up is often way beyond what you would do in a normal environment. Yeah, I was thinking about this recently because a lot of people come to you and say, oh, you only work uh, six hours a week doing shows, but yeah. we still do the stuff that they do, like the paperwork. So it's it's like having to give a speech at your office. Yeah. That's our performance. Yeah, absolutely. So everybody's job is based into a performance bit when you feel like, oh my God, I'm really have to concentrate on this. This is important. Yeah. Performance review, speech, talk, yeah. anything like that. And then you've got the boring bits that you can slack off and talk yeah. to Janice with and muck around with paperwork oh you know Janice yeah lovely. Lovely. lovely I always use the name Janice <laughs> I'm very <laughs> unimaginable <laughs> I should have married a Janice that would have made my life so much easier <laughs> but yeah we do all the kind of admin stuff but yeah the actual level that you have to get to is, is like you know the work is, is like somebody doing a presentation all day every day yeah it is. For the job. You wouldn't do that. You just couldn't no. physically keep it's, that level up. It's such a tightrope with magic because you have to be on. So no matter if you've got a headache or if your car indicator's gone and you're worried about stressing or you've got money, you can't bring that to the show. You've got to be on yeah. as Mr. Magician. They, they shouldn't be able to tell yeah. whether you're having a good day or a bad day. And it's a tightrope. Every every part of the act that you do at a table, close up I'm, I'm talking about, you know, is 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 critical and you've got to get it right. And so you've, you're, you're just 100% focus all the time and it's quite daunting. Yeah, it's um, it, it's hard work and um, yeah, some days you're better at it than others. <laughs> you know, it's, it's... Some days I'm okay at it. <laughs> that, that's my benchmark. Yeah, it's some, you kind of look in at the clock and thinking, I can make this, I can do it. And the voice as well, you know, I had trouble with my voice a few years ago and so I had to have a um, voice uh, therapist to, oh, to right. kind of get, get it back again. I, I literally lost my voice, it had damaged my vocal cords and for one reason or another. So I had to have kind of coaching to to make it recover, help it recover. And, and now before all the shows, certainly at Christmas, I do a vocal warm-up to kind of work, to stretch my vocal cords, warm them up. And the difference that it makes is massive, is massive. Because normally I would come back after a gig and at night, especially when you're sort of shouting and stuff, and have nothing left. It'd be croaky and dry. But when you're doing that many gigs during Christmas, you yeah. can't afford to lose your, your voice. So I did, you know, I do them religiously now, and I drink water, and I have a certain sort of format we're, we're, of. We're going to need to hear an example of a vocal warm up. <laughs> well, no, it's it's the one that I do is it, I was I was taught when I was kind of with the therapist. There's a few different ones doing different vowel movements and vibrating the vocal cords. A vowel movement? There's a statement you <laughs> a don't vowel movement. You need a good vowel movement before <laughs> your gig. I always do actually. It's probably the Ginsters working its way through. <laughs> yeah. No, I do different kind of breathing exercises and also stretching to kind of open up your throat. Right. And uh, and obviously sort of moving the mouth and moving the muscles in the face and everything. But yeah, uh, it's different vowels, so A-E-I-O-U. So, you, so basically you, you take a deep breath, a breath in and as you breathe out, you don't do it straight away on the first breath, but as your breath goes out, you then hum that kind of oh, right. that vowel or that kind of that uh, vocal sound. So it's you're going to breathe in and go, ma me. This looks. This sounds really You're listening to midlife curiosities. <laughs> <laughs> but just do that. But obviously, make the vocal cords a bit. Yeah. But you're doing it a bit harder than that. Yeah. Um, and that basically vibrates the vocal cords and warms yeah. them up. 
And so I would just basically do that in the car or, you know, on the, just as I'm getting ready, preparing for whatever, do that, that sort of um, exercise. No, it's weird, isn't it? Because there are a lot of jobs that you don't think you would have to prepare for. But it's, it's the same because if you go, if you've had a stressful day, I think of it, I don't tend to do vocal warm-ups, but I probably should. But I'll oh, yeah. have a funny warm-up when I try and get into the funny zone. And comedians yeah. will do this as well. They'll they'll rib off, you know, staff at the gig and stuff like that yeah. just to kind of warm up and get into that funny zone and yeah. stuff. And it's like, you you always think of it like a physical warm-up, and I suppose vocal things are physical. But, yeah, it's, it's like, how you know, you wouldn't go into a presentation at work cold. You'd want, like... 20 minutes to get in the zone. Yeah. You wouldn't go from doing faxing something to like giving a presentation in front of your boss. You'd, you'd go, right, I've got to get yeah, everything yeah, set. Yeah. I'm going to go through what I'm going to say. Yeah, it's ritual, it. I think, as well. You know, once you get into like a certain thing, I th- whenever I've done sort of theatre shows or sort of production shows, I always have a ritual that I start with at the beginning of that run where I place everything on my dressing table, how I prepare my props, which order I do them in. Shave your testicles. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah I can't really do that sort of every other day. I don't do that all the time. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, thanks. Uh, weird. Um, so, yeah. You're the one sat naked. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it makes a change, doesn't it? <laughs> <You> know- <laughs> I've had the central heat in them. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, I do a ritual. So I do the same every time. And it's almost like if I change that ritual, it's like, yeah. I do this like a superstitious thing. If I change that ritual or the way that I've done it on that first night and it's worked, yeah. if I change that, somehow I think it's not going to work again. And so I don't. I just keep it the same. And and, and that stayed with me for forever. I don't think I'm the only person to do that in no. that kind of environment. But I now do that with some of my vocal warm-ups because I know when I'm setting certain things and doing certain things. Oh, no, no I've got to do my, my voice now. Yeah. And the voice thing obviously warms up the vocal cords. It also warms up your diaphragm as well. Yeah. Um, it gets your diaphragm moving because you can project then with, with your voice yeah. to be able to kind of... Because it's not just talking, is it? it? Even though it's close-up magic or something like that, it's not just talking. You are projecting. You, yeah, absolutely. You know, Especially if there's a noisy, noisy room yeah. in the crowd. And yeah, it's, it's, it's it, really weird. It's, it's one of the things that you would never think you would have to do. Yeah, well, um, you don't. I didn't do it until I had trouble with my voice. Yeah, you know, and and really, you know, you're stuck without your voice. If you can't talk, I lost my voice. I had laryngitis earlier last year, and I couldn't do anything at all. I I, I was like really struggling out of mime. You know, like, I, <laughs> I remember that because you yeah. still did a gig, didn't you? I still did a gig, and I to, but you don't think oh, it's like a tool that you've got to be yeah. able to kind of work with, but you don't think about it until you lose it. So yeah, it was interesting. It was. Um, hmm. That's been my sort of Christmas and focusing on that. And actually, it's worked. And I, I, you always get ill at some point, you yeah. know, because of you. So many people, you know, are, are kind of got colds and flu and over, whatnot over Christmas. But you know, we survived. We survived. Yeah, we it's not okay. perfect, but we okay. survived. We survived. So, uh, so yeah, that's our New Year update. <laughs> so, John. So, Andy. What have you been curious about in 2020? So far. So um, far. So far. Uh, most of it has been taken up with teaching my daughter how to drive. She's 17 in February. Right. And we made the arrangement with her that we would buy her first driving lesson. Right. Right. That's oh. it. Get her out the door into a death machine. Absolutely, off yeah. You go, darling. <laughs> like any good parent would do. You know, just off you yeah. go. So we thought she'd just get a normal lesson. Yeah. 
and um, it'd be like that. But she found a school. Teenagers are very, very uh, resourceful when it comes to getting something that they want. When they Not, want, yeah. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Not so much at the other times. Yeah, Have you like my you? friend said, his kids are really, really nice to him leading up to Christmas. He said, they're yeah. a nightmare the rest of the year, but they're really nice. <laughs> I didn't like that. I always like to see a little bit of good... You know, whenever I see a, a child who's doing a little bit of psychological manipulation, I think, that's good. Yeah. That's, I like that. <laughs> you I'm, not gonna, that. I'm not buying it. But <laughs> I do like it, so I secretly reward them for that. But, yeah, so we thought her birthday's in February, so we thought, right, we'll get you a driving lesson in February. But she found, being the resourceful team that she is, she found a company that offers driving lessons to people who are under 17 on private land. Right. That's so, just impatience. Yeah, exactly. I wouldn't mind. It's January. You know, it's only like four weeks away. It's not yeah, yeah, like yeah. her life is going to be that much different if she, you know, it's not going to be, in the grand scheme of things, it's not going to be that much better. Um, but she found this company, but it's, it's like 75 quid an hour right. for one lesson on some tarmac for in Flintshire. For children. To, for to children. drive around the well, car park. Well, this is the thing, right? So... Five-year-olds five year have a tendency to crash. They do. They're not That's the best so drivers. Yeah, honestly, you know... Dodgems, really. There's, there's it's dodgems, isn't it? Exactly. <laughs> there's a reason a Formula One world champion has never been a five-year-old. They're not blessed to drive. There's, <laughs> it's never going to happen. But this company offers teenagers a chance to drive before they get 17, right. and they specialise in this. I don't think they specialise in it. They just open it up and say, we've got some private land, go nuts. Um... But guess the youngest age you can... Guess what the youngest age you can learn to drive with this company is? It's not the five-year-olds, is it? (laughs) (laughs) You come straight out of kindergarten. I've got a driving lesson. See you later, Frank. Ten. Ten years old. What ten-year-old needs to... You see, my... That's bizarre, isn't it? My other daughter's ten. All she's concerned about is YouTube and Disney. So does she want to have a go? Well... She's doing it, I'm doing it. I was very careful about having this kind of conversation... You know, with my eldest in front of her going, oh, bloody, I could get a 10-year-old right. That's just bizarre, isn't it? I know. I was trying to work out why. Why? You've got to wait seven years before you can drive on public roads. What 10-year-old needs to drive? uh, My friend, um, he could fly a plane. He had his pilot's licence before he had his driver's licence. Because he can fly at 16. And so he could fly before he could drive a car. (laughs) So... It's like, oh, yeah, I'm just going to nip out of the plane. <laughs> I've got to go to Spa. I'll just go out of the plane. I'll take the Cessna. I want yeah. to take the Fiat Uno. I don't want to incur the wrath of the law. It's bizarre, isn't it? It's bizarre. It's, but, uh, yeah. There's got to be some logic in allowing somebody... Maybe, I guess, it's accessibility. Why 10? Why, yeah, why not 9? Who said, you know, who said it, that's the right age? There if, you go. Yeah, exactly. If a 10-year-old can drive, then a 5-year-old could drive, technically. I mean, you know... I guess it's a business model, isn't it? Or maybe if a kid likes driving in, like, computer games, he can just have a go in the real thing. Go on, have a go at that. It, and it's yeah. a game rather than actually trying to learn. Yeah. Grand Theft Auto. Yeah. Get, get that Uzi. <laughs> Kill them hookers. Go for it. <laughs> <laughs> that is bizarre, isn't it? But yeah. so, how do you feel about all that? You know, obviously you're a dad and everything. I haven't got kids, but you know, how do, you, do you feel like you should you need to protect your daughter from driving, or do you, do you just no, go? I and... feel that it needs to protect the world from her driving. Right. Yeah, <laughs> teenagers are remarkably sluggish. So if her reactions are anything like, she'll see a red light and then just coast straight through it and stop <laughs> twenty yards past it. And go, there we go. Just put a flag on the top of <laughs> yeah. the thing so even if you can see the flag, just put it on Facebook. If you I... see this flag, stay away. Yeah. I feel 
feel like like I should set up a website announcing where she's going to be, or just spot, put a tracker on it so you can keep, you know. So if you're planning a journey around the local area, you can check to see if she's on the road. Yeah, uh, doing that. It's, but, a, it's like a notification pop up based on her location. Yeah, it's like a John's like a Tinder, in the area. like a Tinder for drivers. <laughs> where if you come in the like lo- location of that person, then he goes ding. Tinder for drivers. That's the creativity at work. Just There's, put two things together. Tinder. Cars, awesome! Get them together. There's, there's got to be a, there's got to be a, a, a like an, an app development idea. I'm going to go and drag into den with this. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Tinder. I always thought of like I came up with an idea years ago, and I, I thought I was going to call it Mom Tom. It was like Tom Tom, but it was like basically putting a tracker on your kid. So if you, if you ever went wandering, <laughs> walking about, you could track them. I think you can do that with the phones, but I don't know. I don't think you're allowed to put a tag on somebody's ear. You're be like, an like, awesome like, parent. Like, like cattle. <laughs> what really worries me is you've probably got the tech know how to make that. You'll be one of those guys. You'll be like, you know. I think I've given the game away now. Yeah. Have to, I'm going to edit that out because otherwise I'm not, I'm not going to get the investment that I want. Yeah, you won't be able to claim it was a, a rash, impulsive decision if you did it seven years in advance and announced your plans on a podcast. <laughs> yeah. Mom Tom inventor Andrew Green Mom today Tom. was sentenced. It's good that though, isn't it? I think I, I think I like the name more than the concept. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think that's the thing, isn't it? Sometimes songwriters will say, I came up with the lyrics first, and then I came up with the rhythm. And then other times they'll go, I found the rhythm, then I came up with the lyrics. But the thing about the plane is interesting, because I suppose with a plane, once you're up there, there's not really much. You know, in in a car, you've got junctions, you've got to keep your eye out. Yeah, but when they come down, they come down (laughs) in style, don't they? But there's not much you can do. You've just kind of got to steer into something. Yeah, so you shouldn't allow them to go up there (laughs) if there's not a lot you can do. Well, at least with a car, you can swerve, you can... Now you're coming down in a missile. You could break, you could... Yeah, but in a plane, you, you, it's steering to something soft, isn't it? Minimise damage. I, I did a, a gig over Christmas at uh, Manchester Airport, and they've got one of the, the Concords, so I did yeah. the play, the gig underneath Concord. It was like, fancy do. And as a part... After we'd I'd finished everything, they gave tours of Concord. Right. So I went up into the thing, and they gave like a little sort of, um, sort of speech and everything, like in you know, a guided tour of it. And the guy was there, and he was telling you who'd sat in different seats and whatnot. Yeah. Anyway, this girl pipes up down the down the way, and she said, uh, "Excuse me." She said, "Why did it stop flying? Why is this not flying?" <laughs> and, and he went, "Well, cause it's not. It wasn't commercially viable, financially viable." And she went, to, "What? Wasn't there a crash?" <laughs> and he looked uncomfortable, and he said, "Yes, yes, there was." And she went, "What happened?" He said, "Well, uh, something had fallen off a plane on the previous sort of takeoff." And then Concord took off and it hit the thing and it went up into the wing and it exploded and it, it, the fuel caught fire. She went, all oh, right. She said, um, she said, did anybody die? And he went, yes, yes, I did, yes. And she said, how many? She went, he went, all of them. <laughs> and she went, oh, I've put a bit of a downer on this, haven't I? <laughs> Let's talk about the deaths of hundreds of people at this joyous corporate event. <laughs> Every point in that conversation when he finished an answer, he was thinking, please, God, don't ask me another question. This is not going to go well. Yeah, <laughs> how many, who asks? How many people died? If, you know, that's... that's if you have to ask that question, it's, it's like whether one person did or... 2000 did you, you the, no response is going to lead to oh that's good then only a few died <laughs> just his way all of them <laughs> but you've had a flying lesson haven't you like me yeah 
Yeah. That, that's that's scary. It, well, the first time I went up, it was scary because we went up with the guy who could fly before he could he could drive, and when we it was a bit... <laughs> the guy who could fly before he could drive. <laughs> it's like a David Williams book, or a Disney film. It's like the guy who opened a stockbroker firm before he went to kindergarten. It's like the guy <laughs> who could fly. Genius. We can't. I don't understand. Anyway, uh, so I went up and we went up and it was dark and it was really sort of windy and turbulent, so he was jumping around all over the place. Yeah. And so when we came into land, it was really sort of bouncy. It was only a few days later, he mentioned, he said, you know, the other night, he said, when we came down, it was terrifying. He said, <laughs> he said it was the most, the most terrifying landing I've ever done. He said, I didn't know if we were going to make it. <laughs> I'm glad he told us that at the time and not as we were coming down. Oh, my, here we go. <laughs> 99% of the pilot's training. <laughs> yeah, to be honest, if I was a pilot, that would be totally what I would do. I would have a, I would develop a nasty cough halfway up and go, oh, and then just keel over on the controls, I think. Well, people do that. They've done that, haven't they? The pilots have, have, during lessons have sort of died on heart attacks and they, like, they've had to radio in and, and they've had to talk them down. Like, Do we get a discount? He's died. Well, when I landed, I had a flight. Like, you, you did. When I landed, I landed on the airport. It was a Blackpool airport. Yeah. Landed and they let you... He landed it, but like I, I kind <laughs> of, you know, <laughs> I took off. You, you take off, though, don't you? You get to take off, but um, but they landed it. So he landed, and then they let me taxi it around to the airport. And he went, "Oh, hang on a minute." He said, "I have to take over." He said, "There's a there's an easy jet jumbo jet coming in behind us, <laughs> and they want us to get off the runway." <laughs> and there was a massive plane. This little and you're there out the window going, hang on, I've paid for a lesson here. Calm <laughs> yeah. down, Stelios. How did you find it? it was, I found it fascinating, but um, yeah, it was it it was weird. Once you're up, you're up, and there's like nothing. When you're down, you're down. <laughs> <laughs> but there was a couple of moments that stood out for me. We were halfway up. <laughs> we uh, halfway up, not down. No, not down. Carry on. Nursery rhymes for yeah. beginners. Um, it's like there's ten year olds in the car. Carry on. <laughs> That's what would happen if a ten-year-old was driving? They have YouTube on and everything. Um, so we we uh, flew from Blackpool, obviously, and there's some nice coastal scenery in Blackpool. Yeah. You can see the tower and stuff like that. But we saw like uh, Kirk and Washington power plant, and I said, mm. "Oh, we could fly over that." He said, "We could," but they scramble some MIGs to come and get us after. <laughs> Yeah, terrorist threat one yeah. lesson one shot down excellent <laughs> yeah. I I remember being so surprised at how rickety the darn thing was I was inside and like I say it reminded me the door reminded me of an old Vauxhall Chevette you had to shut it twice yeah. and remark be careful with that it sticks a bit quite basic aren't they yeah and it consi- but I suppose you know what what kind of door would you want if you one that stays close? That's what but I if you're want. like thousands of feet up in the air and you go, well, well we're going down anyway. I'm not going to go. Well, this window wind down is a bit, in, you know. <laughs> yeah, I, no, I, I, I just wanted to stay close. It, it, it terrified yeah. me and excited me all at the same time. I think I said I could never jump out of one. I, don't, I can't see that. Oh, I, I've done that. Have you done the? Yeah, oh, I was strapped no. to a sweaty Austrian, and. Uh, <laughs> Which no. is how I like to spend my time. <laughs> yeah, and how about the parachute jump? <laughs> but that's the other thing that happened in my lesson. I, I made the mistake of asking what would happen if the engine cut off. And he said, right. oh, let's find out. Right. In a rather jovial tone. <laughs> and he switched it off and he goes, right, so we're going down. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Are we? Yeah. Are you asking me to? Is that the only way you're going to turn the thing back on? <laughs> we're going down. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, it was it was mental, but it's just the was idea. Was he laughing at the time, menacingly? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, or if it, crying. If that had been the moment he faked a heart attack, that would have been mental. 
<laughs> I think I would have soiled myself. <laughs> I think I did just talking about it then, actually. <laughs> yeah. Good job you got pants on this time. Yeah. The pod- podcast pants. The podcast pants. But yeah, teaching it like a 10 year old. Imagine a 10 year old driving around, in a, obviously not going to be out on the road or anything, but a 10 year old needs to drive. That is that is a strange one, isn't it? And um, you just got to keep your ten-year-old daughter away from that conversation. <laughs> Remove all adverts about driving lessons. It's very expensive, if nothing else. Yeah. <laughs> oh, interesting. So that's been your year to date. Yeah, my year to date. My very short year to date has been worried about my car being trashed by my seventeen-year-old. Yeah, well, keep us posted about that. Oh, we'll probably hear about it in che- the news anyway. I was going to say, check the local traffic reports, <laughs> local news reports. <laughs> So while I've been uh, contemplating my uh, 17-year-old daughter learning how to drive, what have you been up to? Well, it's it's New Year, isn't it? So you it kind is. of you well done. St- yeah, I know. I'm good well at this. Done. Um, so you kind of start with the the New Year's resolutions and all that kind of thing, and try yeah. new things and and uh, and whatnot. And one of the things that I, I I was interested in, and this this podcast is all about learning things as well as just talking it about is. mindless. <laughs> Uh, rambling, sniffing of microphones and, and uh, soiling yourself in an, in an aeroplane. Um, yeah, so we were about learning things. So one of the things I found on my computer that I had for ages was it was a, like a, um, a seven steps of decompression. That right. was basically what it's all about. So it's step, steps because you know we get overloaded with loads of different things. You know, with with social media, news, and TV, and distractions and that kind of thing. And at the end of the day, you know, you you stop living your life in the in the real world. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm really guilty of this, you know, of yeah. being sort of distracted and having so many things on the go. So what I wanted to do as New Year, I wanted to maybe try this seven steps of decompression and try that and get some. That sounds very scientific. Well, it is decompression. It is. It's, it's a, a sheet. In fact, I don't even know who it's by. I'll have to find out for the next podcast. I've, I've only printed out the actual steps and not the guy who wrote it. So I will do this in the next, the next, um, the next podcast. Now, this is something it's weird to say at the end of the day because that's exactly what it is, isn't it? It's like we've we've talked about this before. The fact that when you work for yourself, you can't really switch off because there's always potential work you could be doing. You could yeah. be doing. You You're know, always writing lists and thinking about what you should do tomorrow. Yeah, it's and not doing just more. about gigs. When you come home from the office. If you've got like a nine to five job, you can't. Most of the time, you can't do paperwork from home. If you, you know, so yeah, it, it is an important thing because you do need that kind of switch off time. So yeah. that's what we're talking about, isn't it? With yeah, decompression, ab- absolutely. And, and one of the things is at the end of the week, I'm, I'm going away on holiday for a few days before I go on talk. So I'm going on You're a taking Concord. I've heard some terrible statistics about <laughs> yeah, that. I just, I'm not risking it this time. <laughs> this time, um, and after the last one. <laughs> Um, yeah, I'm, well, I'm going to go on holiday, and what I always find when I go on holiday, it takes me a couple of days to kind of decompress. Yeah, get all the day-to-day things that you did, like the list making, and that oh, I've got to do this. I must remember to do that, and all those kind of things. It takes me a couple of days to get back to sort of you know to level. Yeah. You know. Um, and and once I do that, then I find it more creative. I'm I'm more excited about doing stuff. So when I come, by the time I've come back off holiday, I'm raring to go to jump into new things and, and that kind of thing. Yeah. And I think it's a shame that it takes those two days on holiday. Yeah. You know, so if I can do a bit of that while I'm here, I can experience that creativity and that sort of enthusiasm. So there's seven steps. So I figured that I printed it out. We'll go through the steps and then I'm going to try some of them. And you can try them as well, John. Yeah. 
And um, no, it's something I definitely need and, to do as well. It's like well, one of the things that I was going to look at was that there's an app called Headspace, yeah, which is a, like a mo- um, meditating yeah. app. So that's one of the things I'm going to look at, but not necessarily straight away. Um, but part of this, these seven steps, is kind of a bit of meditation. So step one is get present. So um, it's kind of just being in the moment, isn't it? It's yeah. kind of like sitting there and, and kind of just switching everything off and just. You know, it's like having a pause, isn't it? It's just, yeah, it's just yeah. rather than running between like answering an email and then running straight downstairs to make a phone call or something. It's just, it's just allowing yourself that little bit of space. Yeah, well, it's, uh, basically what it is. It says it, it's just basically to sit in comfortably, you know, in a space away from where you're working. So, yeah. like we're at, at the moment we're in my office, so it's getting away from that, sitting somewhere, just sort of nice. Everything, all the distraction, distractions are off, and focusing on on yourself and breathing, which I guess is a sense of sort of meditation. Yeah, to an extent. So that's step one. The second step is what are my wins today? And I think that's we talked about that in the past. It's gratitude, isn't it? And just you know. Yeah. And and sort of being grateful for what you've got and what you've achieved. And, and even if it's a small thing, like you've talked in the past about having a poo and, you know... <laughs> having a poo in peace. <laughs> in peace. Not just pooing. <laughs> Although I will get to the age when having a poo in itself will be a uh, trophy-worthy moment. Well, you've talked about having poos and cheese toasties. And if you've had <laughs> at least one of those in the day, you, you've done well. So, so that's it. It's basically looking back over the day and thinking what has been successful, you know. The Not looking is, at the ba- bad stuff, you know. Yeah, and if you actually... There's a difference between actually spending time... Th- thinking about it even just for a few moments when you go back through your day because the tendency is to remember the stuff that's happened most recent so if you have a, an awesome day but then get a puncture on your way home yeah it, there's a very easy tendency to kind of think oh the day's been rubbish yeah uh, oh it's yeah, a puncture yeah. you might have won the lottery earlier on or something like that but yeah yeah so you, you do have, it's it's about being just putting a little bit of conscious thought into it and thinking yeah, I, I, what little wins I've had today. I, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm good at doing that kind of thing. I'm good at being positive about stuff and trying to sort of wipe out the, the, the negative. But it's to consciously think about what specifically has happened that day. Yeah. And looking back, I think that's, that, you know, it's going to be an interesting process. Really reflective for me. Um, step three is what are my lessons today? So basically what are you going to do better tomorrow? I like that. I like the way that's phrased differently. Are you going to do anything differently tomorrow than you did today? Rather than what did I screw up? What did I mess up? Which is a tendency to beat yourself up. You go, yeah. oh, what would I do differently? And I think that's a that's a pretty good way of asking any, you know, after you make a sales call or do something or do it, in our case, do a show, what would I do differently next time? Yeah, wear pants. <laughs> wear pants. It's always the pants. Oh, actually, step four is what am I grateful for today? So I guess that goes back a bit to step two to an extent. But what are my wins? It's, yeah, it's not necessarily what, what you've been successful at. It's just what you're grateful for, as in even if it's just, you know, something little. So that's that's good. Step five is what's my priority for tomorrow. What's my number one priority for number tomorrow? One priority, yeah. If you could only do one thing tomorrow, uh, what would it be? Cheese toasty or a poo? <laughs> Which is it going to be? It's a difficult choice. I should alternate days. Really. <laughs> Step six: a plan based on today's performance. Edit tomorrow's schedule in line with achieving your weekly and monthly goals. So, now, do you do that? Do you do you write your, your sort of? Your... I, I tend to do it very reactionary in the morning, and I know you've said in the past that you'll do your to-do list for the day after the yeah, night before. Yeah. I think I could benefit from doing that. Yeah, I, I can't. If I do the d- on that day, my mood of how I'm feeling in the morning affects what I'm going to do. If I've written a plan the night before, it doesn't matter what I'm feeling in the morning. I've already made the plan. Yeah. So I'm like, no, do you I'm tend to do stick to it? Or do you, you tend to change it? Um, it changes. It always changes because yeah. something happens. Or, but at least I know what I've got to do. Right. If I wrote a list of what I've got to do today when I'm not feeling, oh, I can't be bothered, then 
you only put one thing on it and you've got an excuse not to do it then. So I must admit, I like the idea. It also brings a touch of like finality to the day because it's not a concept thing. You, once you've made the list at whatever time of these are the things I need to do tomorrow, you go, right, okay, I can do it tomorrow. I don't need to do it tonight. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm set for tomorrow so I can relax for the rest of the evening. Yeah, so I, I'm fairly good at that. I, so I go in and out of doing that. Sometimes I do it really well and sometimes I, I don't. But that's based on if I've been really busy and I just want to have a bit of a chill out, which you need to. You need to yeah. decompress. I'm, I'm going to, you know, I'm, I'm still going to look at, um, oh, what's the event? Pr- uh, no. There's an app that you use. It's a, a notes. Evernote. Uh, Evernote, that's it. Yeah. I still want to get into that, and, and uh, I haven't found my head around it, so it's something I'm yeah. going to look at. That's on my priority list <laughs> to do this year. So that's step uh, six is, uh, yeah, based on uh, performance to uh, edit tomorrow's schedule in line with your weekly and uh, monthly goals. Step seven uh, is express. Throughout the day, you built up energy, express it otherwise, or you take it home with you. So it basically says laugh, dance, scream, jump, listen to music. And that's, I think that's a good thing. Like, I listen to music. If you have kids, screaming is pretty much par for the course anyway. Is it? Right from Shoes, them? teeth, get ready! <laughs> <laughs> is that what they shout to you or... <laughs> <laughs> when I'm old shoes and teeth granddad just put your teeth in um, so that's I think that for me you know would is, is really key it's getting so what rid of that what would you do that. then I don't know I don't think it'd be singing <laughs> the dance I don't know it'd make me scream jump listen to I do listen to music I, you know I, scream's I said, quite a high you know I, yeah can you I, imagine inviting the the in-laws around you and there's you in the live and you go <laughs> Andrew's just decompressing over that. <laughs> yeah, so laugh, dance, scream, jump, listen to music. So, I might yeah, do all of those. We'll give that a go. I don't know. I don't know what it's going to be. Um, like, I certainly think that like doing exercise is a good way to decompress. Yeah. I tend to do exercise in the morning because I think I'm, I'm, I'm going to run out of energy by the end of the day. <laughs> yeah. So I'm, I'm not going to be able to do that. But I know that if I do do exercise late in the day, it does energise you and it helps you get rid of all the things that it kind of mentally, you yeah. know, for me. I'd certainly work. So it's the endorphins, isn't it? The endorphins you get from exercise. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think that's one is going to be the probably the most interesting. And uh, step eight is refocus. So it says put your phone into flight mode, leave it somewhere you won't see it, and set your intention for the evening. Now, I think that is, out of all of them, is probably the, the biggest challenge, but the most reward. Yeah. Because you just switch off. Because, you, you know, you don't even watch a TV program fully. You just sat and look, flicking between the TV program and, and your phone, reading something and, and not being in the room, you know. And I, yeah. th- I think... Like when um, we, my wife has been in Panto over Christmas, so we've been sort of in and out, not seeing each other. Oh, that I missed much. her. Oh no, she hasn't gagged there, didn't we? We'll yes. edit that in later. Um, so we didn't see each other like that much at all. You know, we'd, she'd come back after the show, I'd come back after a gig, and it'd be like ten thirty. We'd be having dinner. We'd have half an hour sat like exhausted next yeah. to each other, going, "You're right, yeah, how'd it go? Yeah, it's good. You survived, good, excellent. Did they laugh? Yeah. Did they clap? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Good night. <laughs> Very Did you fall over? Yeah, <laughs> that was me. Um, so yeah, being in the moment. So over Christmas on Boxing Day, actually, was our first day off mm. together alone without any other sort of commitments or family from uh, since October. We had TL, a day really? off. Yeah, we we had the, October the tenth when we came off holiday last time to Boxing Day was our first day off together, which is crazy, really, isn't it? That is mental. And so we sat and had dinner at the dinner table. We had you know we had a Christmas dinner together. 
and we just chatted you know and and it was wonderful you know actually to to be in the moment with with each other you know and and um and it's crazy it's been that long but yeah so i'm definitely going to do that so we're going to do that and um so i think with those you know, we'll um, we'll kind of try a few and see what happens yeah, for the next episode. Take half an hour, and I think I think the key is just just having putting something in between your work mode and your home mode, just to just to set your intention. Like you say, the last one, put your phone into flight mode, make your list. You know, it's going to be there tomorrow. Get into the zone. What do you want to achieve tonight? Um, not achieve, but more kind of what, what what's your kind of intention? I think that's going to be a powerful one. It's just putting something between so you're a bit more in control i think that'll be useful that yeah i think it's um it's an interesting sort of set of things the different things it said it says energy cannot be destroyed or created it only changes form so it's energy you know this is this is yeah, it's, physics it's, um, now so i think we should we should maybe set up a facebook page and, and, and put this on because <laughs> otherwise we're gonna we're gonna forget about it and just carry on our own money right away but yeah so seven steps to decompression i will find out for the next episode who it's written by and uh, so i've only got the one sheet here but um i think it's a, a certainly a good place to start and um yeah and i think that's the key thing is it's, it's very easy to kind of overload yourself in years resolutions i've talked about this before it, it when in reality it's the simple stuff, just taking a bit of time between two things and going, yeah. right, I can put my phone by the door and leave it there, and it's that one little thing isn't too onerous, whereas, you know, overhauling your life, you're just making little changes to, to yeah. that'll build up. I, I do like a good sort of uh, New Year's resolution, but I don't hold myself to them. I just like write a list of things I'd like to do. And yeah. then at the end of the year, or beginning of the next, I kind of look back at that list and think, well, how much have I achieved or what have I done? And, and a lot of the time, other things come along and you, they take precedence but i think you know most of the time i, I do at least a few of the things and then it yeah. leaves something else to do the year after maybe we should in the next episode we'll look at this and we'll look at new year's resolutions and see what um and what we can set ourselves and what challenges yeah, should we be can good. Set good anyway good to speak to you again john yeah, nice to see you in too. the new year um uh, thank you very much for uh, listening to uh, this episode and if you've been following the other episodes um you know subscribe and like and uh, share it and tell everybody about it and and give us give us a nice review well we've had some nice reviews on on iTunes, actually, we haven't. Have, yes. have we genuinely? Yeah, we've had a nice year. Yeah, so we have a, honestly, shows how much you attention you pay. So, um, <laughs> yeah. my probation officer doesn't let me have the internet. <laughs> <laughs> the electric shock every time yeah, you try to exactly, log on yeah. your browser is not allowed to visit this site oh <laughs> but, that's good that people yeah. leave nice reviews yeah, that's yeah. nice but uh, anybody else wants to leave a, a nice review if you, if you don't like it then keep your, keep your traps yeah. shut we review um, somebody else's podcast with yeah, negative opinions uh, but if you want to email us we have, um, uh, to date we haven't had any emails but we've by that point we'd only released a couple of episodes so, right. so our so, inbox might now be chocker it might be chocker and we might not be asking for emails no we might be inundated with them but if you do want to email us, uh, the email is um, mcpodcast at mail.com. Absolutely. I have to change it on the other episode still. So mcpodcast at mail.com. And um, yeah, we shall see you next time. Thanks very much, John. See you later. Cheers. Bye-bye. It's always part of the plan.